Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest Hello, Edwin. Hello, Andrew. We have hit the midweek mark. Talking about Matthew chapter 2. Absolutely, but I want to continue in the verse 12 verses today. Oh, there's a lot in there. It's great. We might get to the rest of the chapter in some other conversations, (laughs) but we've talked about the wisdom of wise men. Yes. Today I'd like to talk about the lying lies of liars. Is that alliteration or repetition? A little bit of both. A little bit of both. I like it. So Matthew 2, I'm going to read verses 1 through 12 again. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him, and assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it was written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, and going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Mm-hmm. So yesterday, yeah. we talked about the wisdom of these men mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. demonstrated by two factors, the fact that they worshiped yes. God and they obeyed God. That's right. Now in this story, we've got another fella who professes that he wants to be wise, yeah. who claims that he wants to follow in their footsteps, that as a king of the Jewish people, yes, he also wants to come and honor this one that the Jews have been looking for for generations. When you find him, come tell me, I want to worship him also. But that man was a liar. He was lying. Herod, Herod. Tell me about Herod. Just the give, great. Give me some background on let Herod. Me, let me I give know, you a little background I, information. I remember on that you have presented some some studies on that. Some so di- share some that different with different times I share that. He he is a, an important character to get to know. The more we learn about him, the less we like him, and so a lot of times we want to forget about him. I think in, in some ways. And that that's so, saying something yeah, because I mean, uh, when I only knew him a little, I didn't like him. <laughs> Herod the Great. So he lives uh, from about seventy three B C to four B C. And he fancied himself king of the Jews. But I think you pointed out that his lineage was Edomite. And he was not even considered Jewish by the Pharisees, although he did give some practice of Judaism in his life. Um, you know, he might be seen as a proselyte at best, but, but not really. Uh, scholars today say that he struggled with depression, severe por- paranoia through most of his life, and we might see some of that here at the end of uh, Matthew 2, the way he goes after the children of Bethlehem. 
But even if you didn't know about that, there's some stuff that would say this guy was paranoid. He was a bit of a political genius. He so, was a successful military leader. Let, let me, much let me cut in here yeah. as you're giving me this information. So I, I'm, I'm just picking up on, I, I had no idea. He was born in 73 B.C.? Yeah. So that means that about 4 B.C., about the time this is happening with Jesus, he's mm-hmm. 69 years old. That's right. And so if, if this child is going to be a competitor— mm-hmm. I mean, this is happening at the end of his life, but he's, yeah. he's 69 years old. He may not have known it was the end of his life, but yeah, that's right. Yeah, but I mean, he didn't know the end of his life was quite that close, but if this child has just been born in the last two years before this child is going to be able to be king, you're looking at like 20 years? Mm-hmm. He's, he's mm-hmm. worried about some guy who might compete with him for the throne when he's 89 years old? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's interesting because really what he's worried about is his legacy, really, isn't it? I mean, it, it really is. It's not so much, hey, I'm worried you're going to take my throne away, but I've, I've got to preserve this for my family. For some of his family. And you're right. You know, he might have been thinking about that at this at this point in his life. Um, he set himself up for a few things. As a as a father, though, we'll just kind of take it back to that. You're talking about his Yeah, he kids. wasn't necessarily worried about all his kids, was yeah, he? Yeah, well, no. Uh, he had five wives— a number of them bore him sons, and he was killing some of his own children, some of his sons, because he thought that as they grew to manhood, they might try to take his job. Uh, so he had killed his some of his own sons uh, in order to protect his rule. If you were one of Herod's sons, there was a Jewish saying, it is safer to be Herod's pig than Herod's son. <laughs> Wow! 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 Okay, all he, right. You know, so, he. I. I'll give you. I'll give so you maybe one he more. just thinks he's going to live forever, and it's like, hey, I don't want anybody competing with me today, tomorrow, or anytime. Why did he? Why did he call himself the Great? Uh, because he, he was a warrior. He had consolidated his rule and made his deal with Rome by leading uh, some armies on the right side, back the right side, in, in some of that Roman intrigue. He was a builder. Built the city port of Caesarea Maritime, the fortress at Masada, and the Herodian. And I've been to these places, and they are st- still amazing to go and see. He had figured out a way to have both hot and cold water uh, up there in Masada. It, and it was really something. And the biggest one, of course, the great expansion of the temple at Jerusalem. That was the signature piece that really was probably just kind of getting done Um you know, about the time he dies. Mm, yeah. Mm, mm. So wicked fella. Wicked fella. Ruthless, mm-hmm. paranoid. Yes. But hey, you you wise men from these other countries, you counselors, you satraps, you magicians, you've seen stars in the sky. We've we've read scriptures and I you know what? I'm ready for him to come to. Yeah, I want to worship him too. I, I want the Messiah to get here. I want him to establish his kingdom. So let me know where he is because mm-hmm. I want to worship him. Mm-hmm. And they go on their way. And I, I think, you know, they've got to be leaving. Like, what a great guy. Yeah, that's what right. What a great guy. I mean, look at all this work he did to help us find this king of the Jews. And hey, he didn't come with us. Mm-hmm. He didn't. Mm-hmm. He didn't get in the retinue mm-hmm. and follow us over to Bethlehem. But he, he's going to let us go over there and find him, and he wants to come worship as well. We know the rest of the story. The wise men yeah. find it out. He's a liar. He's a liar. 
Uh, he doesn't want to worship him. What does no, he want to do? No. It becomes clear in uh, verse 16. He realizes that they uh, went home a different way, or they didn't come back, you know, like they said. said he was exceedingly angry, and he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all its districts from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Now, how about that? He says, these guys didn't come back. I thought they'd be here by now. If he was being honest, he'd just head to Bethlehem himself. Let's find this kid to worship. But instead, what's he do? I mean, he sends soldiers over there just start killing children. He was lying to them, Edwin. He he wanted to kill them all. Now, this, this ties back, actually. We brought up Moses yesterday as we were talking about uh, this historical perspective on wise men and magi mm-hmm. and the magicians and counselors in these foreign kingdoms. We, we remember that connection to those fellows who would also throw down their staves and they become snakes and mm-hmm. could also in some means, turn water to blood. And all, I think, what, did they They get up to frogs? And after that, they couldn't... Anyway, we don't have to go back and look at that. But they got so far. We were talking about them. You know, this reminds me of that story, too, because what was Pharaoh doing to try to make sure that his kingdom was safe, that the Jews couldn't rise up and rebel? It's a great connection. What is it, Exodus 1 and Exodus 2, that he was actually commanding the male Hebrew children to be killed. So th- At the time of their birth. So that they couldn't grow up and become warriors. That's right. Uh, that, of course, was going to actually come back to haunt him, even if none of this was true, because those are the guys that would have been workers. He's cutting his workforce. It's kind of <laughs> yeah, a ridiculous thing. People do silly things. They Herod do. is doing a silly thing. He's doing a wicked, terrible, awful thing. Yes, he is. He is lying. But here's something that stood out to me this time as I was yeah. reading. what's that? I've never thought about this before, but it hit me. Mm-hmm. If if Herod was a complete unbeliever mm-hmm. um, and gives no credence to Scripture, okay, gives no credence to the priests and the scribes and the prophets, and these wise men come in and say, hey, we've seen this star. We know this means the king of the Jews has been born. Where are we going to find him? Um, and the chief priests and scribes say, oh, in Bethlehem of Judah, because here it is, Micah chapter 5 and verse 2, but I don't believe any of that. How do I respond to that? If you didn't believe it, you might pat those uh, magi on the head and say, Bless your heart. <laughs> Bless your little heart. Have a nice trip. Enjoy your wild goose chase. Yeah. Come back and tell me how it goes. You know. Okay. So what really hit me is Herod actually believes this. Mm. He, you know, whatever his perspective is on the star, whatever it is he believes about these wise men, whatever it is he believes about the scripture, there's there's some of this that he believes. He believes there is a threat there, and he yes. believes that based on their testimony and yes. based on the scripture testimony. Yes. I mean, he doesn't go through all of Judah and kill all the children no. just in case. He's like, no, I mean, it's Bethlehem. It's in Bethlehem. Yeah. That's where they went. That's where they were going. That's where they were directed by the star and by the scripture. Yep. I don't have to go kill the kids every place else. I, it, it just really hit me. He actually believes. Now, not well, enough to obey. Yeah. I just I was going to circle back to something you said. You're right. He, he is in the twilight years of his life. When he was a younger man, he would kill his own sons, right? But he can't live forever. So what's the purpose of killing a baby? I, th- I think there is something about protecting a lineage, protecting a dynasty. Uh, you know, I don't want to lose my lineage out to this ordained king come from God. 
And doesn't that echo something that happened before in the scriptures? Well, Saul <laughs> and David. Yes. Here is, here is Saul that has been given the kingdom, but he's turned away. His heart is not with God. And even though it was apparently known that mm-hmm. David had been chosen by mm-hmm. the Lord, yep. Abigail knew it. She we sure talked did. about that a few weeks ago hey, as we were. Saul's son, Jonathan, knew it. And so Jonathan was all about let David be king, but yeah. Saul was about preserving his lineage and his legacy, so he tried to kill David. Yeah, yeah. Here is Herod doing the exact same thing, but again, he believes. I, there's something to me that there that has some type of apologetic quality, mm-hmm. that, that's something that says, look, you know, as, as much as we struggle, here's the enemy of Jesus that wants to try to conquer Jesus and thinks he can. He thinks he can defy the very work of God. Mm-hmm. And oh, I hadn't thought about this till just this moment. I'm 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 having visions of season two. <laughs> okay, Psalm two. Why do the yeah. nations rage? Here is Herod, king, raging. Yep. Yep. I can stand against this son of God who is coming into the world. This Messiah. And what is God doing in the heavens? And he is nations, right? He's Edomite. He's not the Jewish people. He is, God is laughing at him. Mm -hmm. And here Jesus, of course, escapes. Herod thinks he can stop it, but he can't. It's just blowing my mind to think about the fact that he believes to that degree. He actually believed it. He believed it enough to act upon it. But his action is not one of obedience and worship. That's, it's not the wise action. He believed enough to act in rebellion, Mm -hmm. in rebellion. Yeah in rage against God and against his anointed. Right, so so here's one of the things for us. We can believe, we can believe truth and we can believe gospel, but we can act like Herod yeah. and and opt for lies and opt for I'm going to I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to reject. I'm going to fight against this. I'm going to argue against this and I think I'm going to I think I'm going to win. Mm-hmm. No. No. Nope. No. Nope. Let's wrap up with a prayer today. Go ahead and Lead us out. Our great God and Father, Lord, thank you for today. Again, we thank you for your word and this record that Matthew has given us by the Holy Spirit here in chapter 2 of all these amazing events surrounding the birth of, of Jesus Christ. Lord, we see, Father, that people can have knowledge. We can have knowledge of your revelation, your scripture, but that means we need to act in accordance with it, in obedience with it, not in rebellion. Please, Lord, forgive us of our rebellion. Help us to be humble and obedient to your word in all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.